Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Cobiello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to mitigate crises and help teams get back on track. This podcast is about helping the C-suite leader to navigate challenges with confidence. For today's leader, I'm here to help you get back on track. Tomorrow's leader, let me partner with you to learn the secrets of the C-suite. Wherever you're at in your career, this is the podcast for you. Hello, I am Deb Coviello, founder of The Drop-In CEO, and I am so thankful you joined us for another episode of the podcast week after week. I find amazing leaders, they share their insights with you, and I do hope they inspire you. And if you love this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, tell others, don't keep it to yourself, spread it to the community so we can elevate others. And on a personal note, just know I am here to serve and help the C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow navigate their challenges with confidence. And with that, a brief introduction of a fantastic guest and person I found in the network, Kathleen DiPrizio, who is the head of a marine division, transportation executive, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, leader, innovator, trainer, and podcast host at Shoreside Operational. I am grateful to know her. She is logical, analytical, a strong personality, a powerful personality. And also, she wants to ensure that what she does and how she impacts people has meaningful results in the organization. Kathleen, it is my pleasure to welcome you on to the Drop-In CEO podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So thank you, Kathleen. I can't wait to have this conversation with you. But to my listeners, oh my, Kathleen came to me in networking. Again, I advise everybody, don't just sit and wait for people to show up. Reach out to people. Go out to networking events. Use LinkedIn. Find people that you might resonate with. Kathleen and I came together and had a conversation. I said her story is so compelling. Again, her career journey and so many insights to help leaders of the future. And so, Kathleen, it would be my distinct honor. Please share a little bit about yourself personally and the journey and work that you're doing. I am the head of marine and terminal operations for a global container carrier currently. My journey began a long time ago when I was 16. And I started at a trucking company. I have been in this business for 31 years this year. And it's because I fell in love with the business. I fell in love with transportation. I fell in love with ocean. I fell in love with the rail. It's just one of my passion projects. And I was able to make it a full career. But my journey has definitely been a long road. It's been a lot of ups and downs. But to make it to where I am and to actually be told, that I'm the only female in this business running a marine division, I think that's that's pretty good. I think I think I've I've made a pretty good journey. So tell me more a little bit about that. And it may be simply by the statistics, there are just not as many women that have opportunities to pursue this. Maybe there's no educational path or what have you. I mean, what was it about you that you said you fell in love with it? What was it about that you fell in love? And maybe we should increase people's awareness about this industry. Maybe there are people out there, women, men alike as well, that might say, hmm, this does sound interesting. It does leverage my skills and passion. I might want to look into it. So tell us more about why you were passionate and able to move up in it. 
I fell in love with the business because I was able to interact with the people, with the workers. It wasn't just like sitting in an ivory tower. I hate to say it like that, but there was interaction. The best part of my entire journey was the eight years that I was a port captain or a marine manager. But that allowed me to actually be out on the string piece, out on the berth, next to the ship, up on the ship, working, you know, with the labor, talking to the ship's crew, talking to the captains, interacting with the operations group, standing under the cranes, you know, right next to these huge cranes. And it was exciting. I think the interaction and the ability to actually physically do something while having that that mental type job, you know, so I, I was white, you know, collar and mostly in an office, but there were times where I put on the hard hat and I put on the safety vests and the boots and I got out there. That to me was the absolute best part of my entire journey so far. And it's, and it's honestly, the best part was the interaction with the people, being able to talk to anybody, every walk of life. It didn't matter where you came from, where you were going to. I mean, cause the ship's crews most of the time are, are from overseas. They're not American. There are a lot that are, but most of them are not. They're like Filipino, there's Chinese, there's Middle Eastern. So there's a lot of different cultures and a lot of different interactions that you can have. And, and I like, I like being able to interact with, with the different people and having that experience. You know, it sounds like a close cousin to a manufacturing environment because it's it's the exact same thing. I mean, I grew up through quality and operational excellence. I could have sat behind my computer in my office doing spreadsheets, creating reports, writing reports and sending emails. You didn't do this or I need that. But the greatest reward is, you know, the Gemba going out and go seeing it, find out how the work is actually being done. Now you realize, oh, there's a reason why there's an opportunity for error here. We haven't set them up for success with the tools, the information, the communication. So it sounds quite interesting. I'm just wondering, I'm just going to put it out there because again, I try to be gender agnostic during this thing, but why don't you think there are more women in the industry? Were there challenges you saw were just not aware? Is there something we could do to possibly lure more into this? Because it sounds like it's quite rewarding work. Okay, so there are quite a lot of females in this business. It's just a lot of them hold different types of positions, more back office, like accounting, that type of thing. I mean, there's a lot of women that actually work at the terminals. I'm actually connected with quite a few females that are in this business. But I think getting out there and doing something like my journey and the jobs that I've had, you have to have that A-type personality. You have to be okay with standing an entire group of all men and having no problems talking to anyone. You can't be the the soft-spoken. You have to be forthcoming with your words. You have to, you know, express yourself correctly. But I noticed that the more experience I got and the more interaction I had with like the terminals and the operations people, the clerks and and everybody like that, I, I got to where I could talk to anybody. I don't care who you are. If you're the CEO or the janitor, it doesn't matter. I'm going to talk to you the exact same way because this is how I found that people have responded to me better. So that's a beautiful characteristic, having that confidence and strength to say what needs to be said at all levels and being able to connect with people. Sometimes people spend years trying to figure out how to connect with people, communicate, because they may feel intimidated or just don't know how to communicate the right way. Now, I do want to pick up a little bit on your strength of character. I know it goes back a long ways. You've always been this way. Tell us early on in your life and your experience, where do you think that source of strength and confidence came? from? When I was around 16, I had a job at a gas station. 
And I didn't really like working there. And then I was looking at my girlfriends. Some of them were waitresses and some of them worked at gas stations or like the bookstore or something like that. And I didn't want to do that. I just really didn't want to do that. And my father was from the transportation industry. He used to build locomotives. So I was like, well, why don't I just get into that business? You know, I, I already know some of the business because, you know, he had told me and you know, my stepfather was a truck driver. So I knew that part of the business. So I went out and I found myself a job at a trucking company. And I think being able to interact with the actual truck drivers and seeing how it worked and seeing their struggles and, and hearing the complaints on, on what, you know, they see that's a problem. It gave me a little bit more insight into the business and that it's not all, you know, peaches and cream. <laughs> it's real life. I mean, these people are really out there. They're really doing it. And you have to interact. You have to be able to create those relationships in order to make the business work. And I realized very early on that relationships are everything. So I had to form that type of relationships with the people I worked with. Now, I was shy. Whenever I first started in this business, I was very shy. But there was a little something, you know, I guess it was just the positions that I had been put into just because I decided to educate myself and I knew what I was talking about whenever I was doing something. It forced me kind of out of that shyness where I was able to pick up the phone or, you know, have a meeting with someone and not be shy and not be afraid or timid to actually give my idea or, or to say why this isn't working. So I think, I think the positions themselves help to form who I am today. You know, there's something that you brought to mind. And I recently had some dinner with somebody who's a president of the company. And, you know, we are educated. We learn our craft. We know what's important. And so often we want to come in like, oh, I've seen this problem before. I can fix this. We sometimes as leaders have to check our ego or our expertise at the door. And she even told me she takes that 60 to 90 days to listen and spend time with people actually laboring and doing the work. Because what you might think are the opportunities or challenges might actually have some undertones, some things that are barriers that unless you deal with some of the foundational work, making sure people have the tools they need to be successful, any idea you put forward may fail because you haven't taken the time to get to hear the people, see what they're doing, how they're operating, and just build those relationships. So I really appreciate you bringing up that point. Uh, you can't reinvent the wheel unless you know how the wheel turns. I know. So that's what I talk about in my book, The CEO's Compass. We have to understand the past of the people in the business, understand what made them successful and brought them to this point, bring it forward, or at least you know where they're coming from in case you need to move them in a different direction. Now, so you said something really important about education. I remember when, during our discovery conversation that in order to get ahead, you made sure that you were highly educated and you knew what you were talking about. Tell me a little bit more about why that was so important and how did it have an impact on your influence or your success? Okay, so when I got the opportunity, I, I was promoted and I moved to Arizona and I was working for the company. I was in the hazmat department at that time. You're never satisfied with the color of the grass on this side. So you're always looking for something else, you know, something greener, you know, greener pasture. So I actually applied for a job for another company. When I had the interview, the guy told me, he goes, I want to hire you. He goes, you have everything that I want. He goes, but you don't have a degree. Ugh. And I said, oh, 
<laughs> so the bachelor's degree that I didn't have at that time actually stopped me from getting like pretty much the job of my dreams. And so that fueled me to educate myself further. So now I'd already had an associate's degree, but I decided at that point in time to go back to school and to get the bachelor's degree. But that's the actual education journey. My work education journey basically started from a errant comment from a not very nice person within the business. He said that women in this business ruin it because we have babies. Well, it kind of made me mad. So I, I was like, you know what? I had my baby and, and I was only out for six weeks. And then the baby went to my mom's and, you know, I went back to work. And, and this was, you know, how it was. And it's like, what did my baby have to do with this business? I never missed a beat. You know, my, my stuff never suffered because I had a baby at home that was waking me up every three hours. My business never suffered. So it kind of made me upset about the fact that he would make that comment. So I was like, you know what? That I think was literally my push to get me outside of my complete comfort zone. I started reading everything. I started talking to everybody. I got the opportunity to make a sideways slide and I moved into reefer management and I was managing refrigerated cargo and in movement of empties and stuff like that. And I, and I controlled it in the entire Western hemisphere, but it gave me the opportunity to talk to everybody. I talked to transportation. I would talk to equipment. I would talk to MNR. I would talk to the terminals. I would talk to everybody and anybody that comment fueled my fire, I guess you could say, to get me to where I am today because of that education and that that strive and that that wanting to know. I wanted to know more. So the more positions that I could teach myself, I mean, I spent four and a half years in that position and I taught myself the terminals. I taught myself the operations from of every major port and terminal from Canada straight down through South America. Because I had to. I needed to know the layouts of the terminal. I needed to know the operations. I needed to know how the flows would go. I needed to know how the employment systems and how the management interacts with the labor. I needed to know so I, so none of my containers ever got hung up. But I think that that actually brought me to my next position, which was the port captain position. And it was just a natural transition because I already had already forged the relationships with the terminals because of the movement of my empties and the movement of my refrigerated cargo. So for me to just step into that role and just be able to form new relationships or or foster the ones that I did have and develop them further, that was the changing point. So I wonder, and I also have a response to the person that made that comment to you, should we be thanking that person? for making that comment. I wonder. I I think so, yes, because I don't know if I if I would have actually taken the blinders off and stepped outside of my box had that not actually made me so angry. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting you say that and you know, I being a troubleshooter, problem solver, I do root cause analysis as an expert. Behind a statement, there has to be some context, some history or opportunity for improvement. Might we have been in an industry or situation for which people we did not prepare the business for when people need to take short-term time off. 
for which there is a disruption of services or processes for which we haven't cross-team trained people so that we can avert a crisis or chaos when things change because we do depend so much on people doing certain jobs, but that's a risk to the business had we not really done the cross-training so that if occasionally, if somebody, a male or anybody had to go for chemo treatment or something, how do we manage those risks in our business? So it's here nor there. But what I found so powerful is that something happened. There was a pivotal moment for what your passion was fueled and you sought to educate yourself and take positions or roles or seek to understand those laterally so that you became a utility player, plug and play, and you were not a victim of somebody saying you were ready. You knew you were ready for the next role. And it's so important when I talk to C-suite leaders or ones that are trying to get there, they get stuck. But you took the bull by the horn and saw it as an opportunity. I'm interrupting this episode to offer an absolutely free networking and educational opportunity I have created and I want you to be there. If you're a mid-level manager that loves your team and has a desire to accelerate your leadership growth, it is possible for you to become that executive leader in the next 24 months. Regardless of your area of specialty, and I know so many of you are talented, you have what it takes to be on the front line, collaborate with others, and get the job done. However, let me show you how to leverage that specialized knowledge to create solid connections with other leaders while shifting your focus from day-to-day -day leadership skills to long-term CEO strategy. Head over to my website, dropinceo.com, and click on the Drop-In CEO Collective to register for your next meeting. Now, back to the conversation. So we're going to keep going here. So not everything's been fine. I know you've been stuck. I remember you telling me you had a really good story about being blocked by a boss. Sometimes people experience that. And I think you have a really a few good thoughts around if you find you're in a situation where maybe you're blocked, what can you do to get unstuck? Okay, so my my stuck story, it was four and a half years and it was the 13th job, <laughs> the 13th internally that I had interviewed for and that I had been turned down for that actually sparked me to finally go to HR because I'm not, I'm not the type to go to HR. I don't like to involve HR. The way I look at it is if you can solve your problem interdepartmentally, then more power to everybody. But I figured on the 13th internal job to be turned down that there was something wrong. So I actually went and had a conversation with uh, the HR person. And so I, <laughs> And she's like, well, why do you think you're being blocked? And da, 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 da. And I was like, well, this is number 13. She's like, number 13? <laughs> it's like I said, I'm, I, I'm either overqualified or I'm underqualified or I've got all the qualifications, they, but they just, you know, went in another direction. I said, I keep hearing they went in another direction. I said, this is internally. I can't move out of this position. I've been stuck here for four and a half years. And she looked into it and it turned out that every time that I would actually apply and interview, my boss would go behind me and tell them, please don't take her. I still need her. <laughs> so, I mean, where on one point, on one foot, I felt like I was needed and it would felt great in that respect. But, you know, on the other side, it was, dude. I, I want to move on. I've been in this position for four and a half years. I'm never. Got, I'm not going to go anywhere. I need to be able to 
better myself. I need to be able to expand my knowledge. I don't want to just manage reefers for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, um, I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to explore and, and do new things. And it was after that conversation is whenever I got the, the next interview, number 14 was actually the one that mattered. And that's the one I got. And that's where I became a poor captain. Oh, beautiful story. So again, I know I, <laughs> anybody listening out there, if this happens to you, you might want to dig a little bit deeper because being overvalued and doing your job so well may actually be a detriment. So again, you're always in control of your destiny, get knowledge, get information so you can be in control of your next move. Now, you've been so great to talk about all about your your career here. There's so many good things. I do hope people reach out to you, but let's just go a little bit into the fun stuff. I love podcasting. I love bringing people on, but I understand you also have a podcast. Tell us more about that. So I do have a podcast. I just started it. I'm about five or six episodes in, maybe seven. It is a little bit of a passion project. It is shoreside operational, not just another supply chain podcast. I listen to all these supply chain podcasts. I've listened to your podcast and I actually do love your podcast, which is why I'm honored to be here, by the way. But I listen to all these supply chain podcasts and it's all about the supply chain and it's all about the talking to, you know, the Pete gags and the, you know, the Gene Sorokas of the world. Gene Soroka was the president of my company. I've spoken to the man personally, you know, during day-to-day working operations. But I don't want to talk to the Pete gags of the world or, or the Gene Sorokas of the world, who is the, you know, executive CEO for the Port of Los Angeles. They sit in an ivory tower. They are so far removed from every operation that's happening that they can't actually really have true insight to the to the day-to-day grind. I want to talk to real people. I'm actually this weekend going to have my first guest, and it's my husband, <laughs> but he worked at the railroad. So it's actually going to be me talking to him and interviewing him about his time in the railroad. But I am going to have my first outside the family guest, a lady that I've worked with for years in my previous company, and we're still close today. And I'm going to actually be interviewing her. So that's actually going to be my first real interview. So I haven't gotten there yet, but, but, you know, so far I've only been just talking about my experiences and, you know, just the business in general. People send me questions and we talk about that. Oh, that's so cool. And, you know, kudos to you for doing solos because I reverted back and do more solos because it's beautiful to bring an external view onto the show. But I also have thoughts of my own that I want to get out there. I want to have a conversation with my audience direct. So kudos to you for doing that. Thank you. So Kathleen, I am so excited for you having your podcast. It's it's a passion project for me. I love being able to have my own platform. I do wish you continued success with it. I'll just let you know that I also interviewed some close colleagues initially until I got used to the platform and realized it was a strength to be able to listen and bring out the best, whether it's in myself or in the guests themselves. But I'm curious, what are you hoping to achieve as an outcome from this piece of work? I I want to basically bring people's stories to life to point out like the real problems in the business. You know, it's not, it's everyone right. Like right now, everyone's focused on that train derailment in, you know, in East Palestine, Ohio, you know, and and my heart goes out to all those people. But before that, everybody was focused on, you know, the, Oh, the, the railroad's going to go on strike and it's going to be catastrophic. But why did it get there? 
that's what I want to focus on. I want to talk to the real people in the business and hear why, you know, why did it get to that point? What is their normal day-to-day struggles? Because I mean, I, I know in my business and in, in my side of the business, what a day-to-day struggle is because I've actually had several of those day-to-day struggles throughout my entire career. I mean, I can, I could fill probably a year's worth of podcasts, you know, just with my own stories alone, but that's boring. You know, it's only so much people want to hear me talk. (laughs) So I want to talk to other people and I want to hear their stories as well. Like the title says, it's not just another supply chain podcast. I'm not just going to talk about stuff that's in the mainstream media. I don't want to talk about the article that just hit the JOC. I want to talk about the stuff that's in the back office. I want to talk about the stuff that's happening on the terminal, the stuff that you don't actually hear about. That's what I want to talk about. I love that. And it starts from just being passionate about the industry and real stories from real people, because I think that's what's going to resonate and build your community. But I'm wondering, I'm just wondering, is there a greater outcome? Again, Kathleen DiPrizio, three, five, 10 years down the road, what is it that you want to impact, whether it's the people in the industry, the industry itself, policy? Is there anything greater than just you today having great conversations? I want to impact the business itself. I want to, okay, so a lot of stuff happens in the background that no one ever hears about. But if we get it out there and we can we can highlight those struggles or highlight those wins, those accomplishments, we could actually bring that to more people in the business, you know, empowering the younger generations to actually join transportation. I mean, I don't care if it's now or if it's 30 years in the future, people are still going to need to ship something. This is a business that you can get in, that you can stay in forever. You could literally make an entire career of this business. But then, I mean, you look at the stats and like the number of people like uh, becoming truck drivers is dropping. And and the number of, you know, people joining the trans is it's harder and harder to find good quality candidates because no one's interested anymore. Or, I mean, no one even knew when you talked about supply chain in the past, people's eyes would glass over until all those 120 ships were sitting outside of LA and Long Beach creating you know, havoc in your Amazon orders. <laughs> so I want to bring the accomplishments and, and the wins and the struggles so that way we can actually educate people. We can help people to find their own passion. You know, it's the backbone of our economy, just like the agricultural or farming industry. It's a tough life. It's a glorifying and, and people love these. I mean, they live for these kinds of industries. We can't take it for advantage. We've kind of forgotten it. We maybe have not supported it. It's been the pain of our existence when it's not working well. But I love the fact that you want to elevate the voice of the people and realize it is a noble pursuit. It's interesting. It's exciting. You can go places and really impact people's lives by the services and products you provide. So congratulations on the podcast. I can't wait to listen. Thank you. I wish you success. But I do want to bring this to a close very shortly because I know there's you and I could go on and on. But I am simply grateful that I found you a strong professional voice that has not let barriers stand in your way. I'm grateful to have you on the show. But before I bring this to a close, are there any last thoughts that you want to share with the drop-in CEO community? Just follow your passion. If you're passionate about what you do, doesn't matter who it is. No one can dictate your future. 
because you're the one that's actually driving. And on that note, I am so grateful, Kathleen. Thank you so much. And for those of you listening to the podcast, I just want to thank you again for joining us on another episode. Again, if you love this, don't keep it to yourself. Share with others that you think can benefit from the insights of leaders that I interview or also the solo podcast that I do. Kathleen, again, it was a pleasure getting to know you. I know this is not the end, just the beginning of our conversations. Good luck on the podcast. Thank you for dropping in on the Drop-In CEO podcast. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO podcast. I hope you are inspired by our conversation and can apply what you heard to your business or career goals. If you found this episode valuable, please share this show with at least one friend who would find it useful and inspiring. Your support allows me to keep sharing insights and inspiration to leaders who are working their way to the C-suite. To connect with me or learn more about the Drop-In CEO services, go to my website at dropinceo.com. And until we meet, I wish you well and much success.